0: Money and relationships, at times they can feel a bit like oil and water. So today we're going to talk about steps you can take to avoid chaos and stress when it comes to discussing and managing your finances.
1: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley.
0: Hello and welcome back to Paladin Financial Talk. This is Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. And as always, joining us here today, Mr. Tony Shore, our co-host.
1: Hello, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. Great to be here with you again. And I'm excited uh, about today's show. I usually am because I've had a crazy busy week and then it leads up to this and i it's something to look forward to.
0: That's I don't know. I'm if, glad to hear that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's a good thing, right? Uh, yeah. Either that, or it means I have no life. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the financial show I co-host <laughs> is the highlight of my week. Uh, but no, this is good because I usually learn something, and we have fun. So, uh, and we, we've got a great topic today. The way it sounds. But first, how have you been? What's going on there at Paladin Financial?
0: Uh, doing very well. We were uh, staying very busy. Busy time of year, as as I think they all are for us. So that's exciting. And uh, we're enjoying the summer months here in Minnesota. Enjoy it while we can. And yeah. uh, family's good.
1: So, yeah, all is well. Yeah, I think we're in our one month of good weather I know, time yes. frame right now, Jeff. <laughs> so let's enjoy it while we can. Hence your flip-flops. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or a complete lack of footwear today. So, uh, no, this is great. Uh, great weather, good times. And let's see, what are we talking about today?
0: Well, today we're gonna talk about some money issues that impact your your marriage, your relationship, if you're in one but not married. And it's something that many of our clients have had to deal with at some point or another. And taking the time to address some of these issues before they turn into bigger problems can be very valuable. So one of our main things we're gonna use as a resource here today is an, an article from Investopedia. And it's top six marriage killing money issues, which sounds like a a thrill of a read. But (laughs) money, money, as we know, is a very common uh, hot topic within relationships can cause a lot of stress. And uh, in fact, there's an October uh, 2018 American Psychological Association report, Stress in America. And it talks about how 64% of adults, Tony, uh, surveyed are stressed about money. So it's clearly it's an issue that impacts most people.
1: Well, yeah, I think it's something all of us have experienced at some point in our lives. And I'm willing to bet I would think it's even higher than 64%. Yeah. Um, uh, I think everybody I know gets stressed at one point or another anyway. I mean, maybe at that given time, you know, if you pick one moment in time, yeah, one right. second in time. Uh, but as we go through the week, I think there's ups and downs for most of us. Um When you add in relationships, though, uh, to money stress, uh, that pressure cooker gets turned to 11. I mean, that's why that you always hear that stat that, uh, you know, money stress is the leading cause of divorce and Mm -hmm. the leading cause of issues in any relationship, I would think.
0: Yes, absolutely. And very true statement. That's why today we're going to focus on a few money issues that impact couples, starting with keeping separate accounts. And according to that, Investopedia article, some couples decide to split expenses straight down the middle. You pay your half, I'll pay my half. And often that financial setup results in resentment about who gets to spend what on what and when, and it can evolve into a competition. So I paid for this, you pay for that. Now we have some clients that have this, uh, a, model or approach to finances in their relationship and it works well, but a lot of times not so much. So having separate accounts also can lead to one partner hiding money from the other. If that, that competition gets too intense and the drawbacks of separating finances can also include reducing your buying power and eliminating other financial benefits that might come along with marriage. And one of the things we want to think about too is with money and relationships there's a lot of emotion that goes along with it. And if you bring shame and you bring blame, you know, to the conversation, it can cause even more issues. So trying to step back and if you have differences in how you approach money, a lot of times it's a different in va- difference in values. So one person values, let's say immediate satisfaction, more than saving money and the long-term gratification that can come from that. So having a conversation about it from that perspective, I think can be a win-win.
1: Yeah, that's really important, and I think that's a good point. I think a lot of relationships are like that, where one is uh, more of a spender and one is not. Um, But it seems like joint bank accounts might be another option. I mean, that's what my wife and I have a joint bank account, and we've had that since we were married. Uh, What are some benefits to having joint accounts versus the separate accounts you were talking about?
0: Yeah, a lot of uh, people do that, and uh, joint accounts tend to provide more transparency and spending for each person, so you can see what's actually going in and out, and that also can streamline some legal affairs as well. In and, and the event of uh, one couple person passing away, joint accounts allow the surviving partner to maintain access to those funds immediately, no delay, Uh, Keep moving forward. So, in my experience, some married couples also find it's easier to keep track of their spending because all their expenses are in one account, and you know what's actually going on.
1: Yeah, and those all seem like some positive reasons to have a joint account. Then, yeah, it they are there, but there can be some drawbacks
0: to that as well. Some people can feel like they have less control or independence when they don't have their own account, and sometimes that comes from how they were raised and how their parents separated things. So joint accounts can also lead to issues if the the couple isn't communicating about spending. So perhaps you both assume the other was going to pay the electric bill and it never gets paid, or in the reverse, it gets paid twice due to confusion. So kind of having a a delegation uh, between the couple of who's doing what and when. But joint accounts can also be problematic when a relationship ends. Um, part, both parties, sure. they have access to that money. Yeah. And uh, either person could withdraw the money, close the account. So that's something to consider.
1: Yeah. Well, in that scenario, <laughs> that one seems like something out of a movie. One partner empties the account and skips the country. Yeah, uh, that would make things a bit awkward. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, debt is another thing that can be awkward and
0: uncomfortable, and it's a, a serious issue for a lot of Americans. And it can also impact your relationship as well. And this can take many forms. You might be a credit card, car loan, gambling debts, a lot of different things, four k loans but most people bring debt into a relationship and debts that are brought into a marriage remain attached to the person who brought them in. So you, you brought that to the party that you get to keep that if the party ends. And But there are nine states that have determined that debts that are incurred after a marriage are generally owned by both partners.
1: Yeah. Well, and I didn't realize that some states had that rule. Which states does that impact? So Arizona, California, California, nevada
0: idaho washington new mexico texas louisiana and close to home here wisconsin yeah which of those does not belong yeah
1: (laughs) you named all these southern states and then and wisconsin Wisconsin. (laughs) and cheese
0: yeah So if you're there, you're not liable for most of your spouse's debt that was incurred before marriage in those states, but any debt incurred after the wedding may be shared by both individuals, even when it's applied for by one member of the relationship. So debt can potentially be a problem that causes resentment, especially if one member of the partnership feels like they're paying for debt that they shouldn't have to cover and that other spouse keeps adding more debt, keeps adding more debt. And they have a, again, a difference in values. So I recommend that couples discuss their existing debt before combining their financial lives. And, um, they could even potentially enlist the counsel of a financial services professional to help facilitate that discussion. And how are you going to navigate that in the relationship? And the the next segment we're going to take a look at a tool that we use at Paladin Financial to help examine how each individual feels and reacts to another important aspect of market and risk tolerance.
1: Yeah, and before we get into that topic, uh, let's take a minute here to let our listeners know number 1 how they can get a hold of you Jeff to set up that complimentary retirement strategy session, no cost, no obligation. Uh, Let our listeners know about that offer you have for them today.
0: Yes, you can give us a call, schedule a time to come in and receive a complimentary second opinion on your retirement plan, and we'll review your debt, your investments, your contributions to whatever your different investment accounts are, and help show you, based on your goals and your value of money, are you on track to achieve what you would like? So for many people, that's preparing for retirement, but your situation might be different. Give us a call, 877 219 or visit us online at financialpaladin.com.
1: All right. And today I just wanted to also remind the listeners that uh, one of the main sources you're using is a really good article from investopedia.com. Uh, it talks about some of this as well, top six marriage killing money issues. And uh, throughout that first segment, you looked at uh, two different potential issues, joint or individual bank accounts and debt. Uh, where do we go next? What's the next thing you want to cover?
0: The the next issue we're going to talk about is personality. And the article, the Investopedia article, again, they define personality as how you handle money. So in general, are you a spender or a saver? And I'd like to take this one step further and look at it from a different perspective as well as risk tolerance. So instead of just lumping each partner into a broad category, to me, there's a spectrum and that can be useful to learn what type of risk and how much each member of the partnership is willing to be exposed to. So at Paladin Financial, we offer our clients and anyone that comes in for the complimentary second opinion that we talked about, the opportunity to color code their assets and their personality through our color of money risk analysis. And that provides each member of the relationship with a financial picture or roadmap, roadmap to their overall risk preferences. And the result of that is your color of money risk analysis score. So we can compare each person in the relationship and how do you view money, what risk are you willing to take. But that's a starting point to help us evaluate your assets and uh, determining are you using red, yellow, and green assets appropriately based on your situation.
1: So uh, tell us more about that uh, about the uh, we've talked about it before, but I think it's important that different colors of money, Uh, How do you use that? How are those defined?
0: Yeah, so red money, those are assets that are subject to risk and they can lose value, but they also provide opportunity for growth. And yellow money, like red assets, they're subject to risk, they can lose value, but they're professionally managed. So you have professional managers that are helping to reduce the risk, provide growth opportunities. A quick example of that is diversification. You might whatever amount of money you have, you throw it into one stock, that would be red money versus having a professionally managed diversified portfolio that has a process without emotions uh, to adjust those assets over time, that would be yellow money. And the third type is green money, that's uh, less risk. So it can go up and up in value, but not down. Not as much growth potential uh, but as red or yellow, but your accounts are, are not going to go down if the sure. market does. Sure. So <clears throat> to provide you with our analysis and our customized report, the first step, is if you go out to our website at financialpaladin.com and click on the color of money uh, button at the top and complete the color money risk analysis. And a starting point is find out what your score is. The next step is to compare that to the other person in the relationship and to your assets as well to make sure those are in alignment.
1: Yeah. That's always an interesting uh, tool to me. So what's next on the list of potential relationship harming finance issues? Uh, The term power play, that's another money issue. Oh, are we talking hockey now? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Next segment. Oh, okay. Yes. But that can harm relationships. A power play occurs when one partner is employed and the other isn't. And if if both partners want to work, but one is struggling to find employment, PowerPlay deals with the imbalance of income and how the individual with more income or most of the income can control how money is spent yeah. and the emotions that go along with that. So there might be maybe some rationale behind this idea, but it's still important that both partners cooperate and communicate when it comes to spending. And as we talked about earlier, Tony, when you're discussing the advantages and, and disadvantages of different bank account options, for example, a joint account offers greater transparency and access, but it's not in itself a solution to a lopsided power and and money dynamic in a relationship. So uh, in fact, that transparency could be used to further control spending and lead to what uh, a lot of professionals call financial abuse.
1: Yeah, that doesn't sound good, but we're not going to talk about uh, whether my wife or I control the money. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> not, on the sh- not on the show today. Not while we're recording, right? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, but financial abuse, on a serious note, I, I haven't heard a lot about that. That doesn't sound good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There are Many kinds of abuse and financial abuse, it's one of the more subtle forms. And according to a, a national network to end domestic violence report, this kind of abuse is used to control and isolate partners. And if you want to look this up, it's called Understanding Financial Abuse. And the experience is unique to each relationship. Financial abuse might include controlling how money is spent or restricting access to money, giving out an allowance, literally, uh, withholding access to necessities like food and medication, uh, maybe restricting a partner's ability to work or make money, or even in some extreme cases, stealing money, credit, or even identity theft as well. So the, the full report is available at NNEDV, so nancynancyedv.org, uh, moving ahead through financial management. So something to look into if that pertains to you, or if you have a, a friend or family member that's experiencing that.
1: Right. And those are some heavy things to consider. It sounds like that report, though would be a great resource. Yeah,
0: absolutely. In fact, the the report has some valuable tips in there on some more healthy and productive ways people can talk about their finances and get out of those situations. And every relationship and its financial picture is going to be unique. Perhaps one member of the couple manages the day-to-day finances and the bill paying, and this might be functional, even fit well with both individuals' personalities, but both should have access to and regular input on all financial decisions if it's going to be uh, a good relationship long-term. So couples in healthy financial relationships, they can have different values, as I talked about a couple of times, uh, related to money and the value of other things outside of money, Uh, but joint financial goals should be negotiated planned for, talked about, and those will change over time. So couples that set plans to meet those joint goals and there's some give and take and support each other in that process are more likely to feel they're in a healthy money relationship. So that's uh, some things to think about there. Yeah,
1: for sure. And and I think you make some great points. Uh, Before we move on, share the website again where our listeners can find that report. What was that?
0: Yeah. So it's NNN edv.org as part of their moving ahead curriculum a financial empowerment resource it's called yeah. so as a reminder the information in that is intended to be general advice for people in a, an abusive relationship but not everyone's situation is the same you might need specific advice so if, if that applies you might want to look at contacting a domestic violence advocate or visit thehotline.org so again, thehotline.org. And you may also consider contacting a financial professional or an attorney sure. to, to get help as well.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think this is really a good point again to remind our listeners how they can get that second opinion on where they are at and and look at it as a couple. If you're a couple uh, or if you're an individual, take a look at where you're at with your uh, finances.
0: Yeah. The First step, I would suggest give us a call 877 219 3199. Visit us online and learn a little bit more about us, financialpaladin.com. But schedule time, come in. We'll gather some information, get to know each other a little bit better and review where you're at and if there are any ways that we can help you and how to make sure you're on track for your goals.
1: Well, that sounds great, Jeff. And you know what? We've covered a lot today. Um, Now on to those final two issues from the article. What are those? The, the
0: last two money issues, Tony, that affect relationships are related, literally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good one. <laughs>
0: they're, they're children and extended family. So the decision to have children, it's a big question for any relationship. It's no easy task raising a child. And according to the most recent available information, the average average cost of raising a child from birth to age 17 is over $233,000 in a married, two-parent, middle-income family with two kids. So. That's a that's a lot of money. Um, with inflation a likely factor, you can expect that number to increase in the future. So having children impacts not just the pocketbook but also the calendar. I can attest to that. You know, does one partner stay at home when the children are younger? How does this impact long t- your long term retirement strategy or career advancement goals? How do you juggle all of that?
1: Well, yeah, and I know uh, you have two young children of your own uh, including one brand, a brand new edition, And of course I have three kids. So, uh, donations are welcome. <laughs> Do we have a PayPal donate button on the site? I'm good, kidding. Good but idea. I'm kidding. Probably a lot of our listeners have uh, children of their own, but yeah, it, the expense is crazy. And, and as they get older, it doesn't get any better really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tell, I'm just telling you that right now. My kids are a little older than yours. So I have a little foresight, yeah. uh, what you're in for, Uh, But obviously, you have to be asking yourselves these questions. And again, it comes back to the three things that are vital to a healthy financial relationship. You've always told me, Jeff, it's compromise, honesty, and equality, right? Absolutely.
0: Those three, they're important when it comes to extended family relationships as well. So the issue of money and extended family That can involve gifts that one side of the family can afford and the other can't or the expectation of vacations and, you know, covering expenses that might not fit into the partnership's uh, budget. So it could even be loaning money to family members that are in need uh, or for a business adventure, you know, a home. So each of those scenarios can increase stress and cause problems in any relationship or partnership.
1: Yeah. Money can obviously drive a wedge between people and Jeff, I think we can probably all think of at least one example in our own lives where we've seen that.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's something we deal with, uh, you know, at Paladin Financial on a daily basis and working with clients. Uh, You have a couple, people are different, they have different opinions and values as we've talked about. So stress and friction between relatives over money, it it feels all too too common, too frequent. And often we think of lending money when it comes to money challenges with extended family. That's why our our last resource for today, we're going to look at an article from moneycrashers.com it's a new one for me, uh, nine tips for lending money to family and friends. So we'll talk about a, a few of those here in the next uh, this segment. But first, let me say, in, in my opinion, it's always dangerous to lend money to family and friends. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a good idea to not lend money with the expe- expectation of being paid back on simple good faith. And uh, that will help save you some, some heartache. But these tips can help you set up terms that make lending possible, even if it isn't necessarily desirable or recommended. And I had a, a client help think through this here recently he who's lending money to a child. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? And, and talking through that. And they're in a position where they could afford to do that even if the money isn't coming back to them, mm. so there's a, there's financial yeah, so yeah. There's financial and emotional aspects of it.
1: Yeah, it hurt a little to hear you say that your opinion it's it's dangerous to lend money to family and friends because I was just about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> you got that one out there in the nick of time. I'm, I'm kidding. So uh, what are the top tips in your opinion from that article? Uh, I really like the first one. Deal with
0: cash only so avoid any connection or contract that could impact your credit score so don't open a credit card in their name or co-sign on a loan those situations they put you in a position where someone else's actions could impact your financial future so dealing with a cash with cash avoids those entanglements also only lend what you can afford this is a big one that's the biggie right yeah. there so this goes back to the possibility you're not going to be paid back for that loan And if that puts you in dire financial straits, you could find yourself in a worse financial situation. And then you have the emotional issues that go along with that as well.
1: Yeah. No matter what you think or what the situation is, I think it's good to assume that any personal loan from one person to another is not going to get paid back if you operate from that standpoint. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say that, but yeah, that so often happens. And these are great tips. Do you have anything else?
0: Yeah, a few more. Uh, one is uh, setting terms and getting that in writing. So make sure you and the other person are their you're loaning cash to has agreed to those repayment terms. So including interest rates, a schedule, a written document that can help in the future if the agreement turns sour. And finally, worst case scenarios, it's very important to discuss the potential impact of breaking the agreement. So that could be late charges, collection process, legal action. So it's not comfortable, but asking for money rarely is a comfortable experience. right? And if you're not able to follow those tips, you might want to avoid loaning money at all. So perhaps there's some other service-based ways to help. You could even help refer them to a financial professional to help them examine their financial options.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And Wow. Uh, Well, we've covered a wide range of potentially damaging issues today and uh, some tips to help us with that.
0: Yeah, we have. And what can be done to avoid these potentially damaging money issues, often the best way is to combat those with communication and with honesty and use tools, work with a good financial services professional. We talked about our color money risk analysis, our complimentary second opinion process. So give us a call, come in, For that complimentary second opinion and we're glad to help you and your family out and review here's where you're at today are you on track or what should you do different so give us a call at 877-219-3199 or visit us online at financialpaladin.com
1: all right and that does it for today's episode of paladin financial talk with our host jeff foley thank you for listening to paladin financial talk